chapter two of in search of treasure by horatio alger jr this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two what guy found in the blue chest mr fenwick was only forty-eight years old but his sedate and scholarly manner gave him an appearance of being several years older it came to guy as a shock that his father should be considered too old by his parish and that there should be any movement in favor of a younger minister he knew that his father was dependent on his salary having very little property a change would be disastrous to him i wish i were rich he thought so that i could relieve father from any anxiety about money matters it is lucky i don't want to go to college for if i did it would be a good many years before i could even support myself the next morning after breakfast guy thought of his sailor uncle and the curiosity again seized him to find out the contents of the chest up in the attic he went up the narrow stairs leading to the garret and found himself in a large room covering the entire extent of the house for the attic had never been finished off or divided into chambers there were piles of old papers and magazines in one corner old mildewed garments hanging from nails in the rafters and two or three rusty old trunks but none of them attracted guy's attention he was looking for his uncle's chest at last he found it a typical sailor's chest painted blue showing signs of wear for it had accompanied his uncle for years guy's face lighted up and he hurried toward it he thought it might be locked but he was glad to find that the lock seemed to have been broken so that he had no difficulty in lifting the lid and examining the contents there was nothing unusual about these they consisted of the plain outfit of a sailor there were one or two books one of them was a bible which had been presented to his uncle george by his mother at the time he left home on his first voyage guy lifted it carefully for he had been taught to reverence the bible then he saw underneath an envelope of large size unmarked on the outside opening this he found a large sheet of paper folded lengthwise with writing on it lying inside was a smaller piece of paper also written over the handwriting being that of his uncle george this guy read first the contents interested him exceedingly the paper is subjoined what i am writing here may or may not be of interest or value yet it may prove of importance to those who may read it though it is possible this will not be till after my death last year from the date guy saw that it was the year before his death among my mates on the good ship cyprus was a dark thin man the darkest in complexion i think that i ever met outside the negro race 
no one on board knew him nor did any of us get well acquainted with him for he was very silent and reserved and he did not care to make friends or confidants yet he did his duty well no fault could be found with him he did not become a favorite as he did not care to talk or be sociable with the rest of the sailors we could not help respecting him however as one who strictly minded his own business and never in any way interfered with others this man's name was antonio smith or tony as we should have called him if we had been sufficiently intimate the two names did not go well together and one day i asked him why it was that he had two such names it is easily explained he said my father was an englishman named smith but my mother was an italian woman that explains your being so dark i said yes i suppose so he answered he did not confide in me to any further extent as far as i could observe he seemed moody and morbid it seemed as if he had something on his mind something of a disagreeable nature well toward the end of the voyage he had a bad fall he was helping to furl sails when another sailor above him lost his hold and fell on him this made antonio lose his hold also and he dropped to the deck striking his head it is a wonder he was not immediately killed as it was he was fatally injured as it proved and was removed to his bunk in a dying condition i pitied the poor fellow and as much time as my duties would permit i spent at his side trying to make him comfortable one evening he looked at me earnestly and asked do you think that i can live george i shook my head i don't want to deceive you i answered and i will tell you the truth it is what i want to hear he said the doctor says you can't live he showed no agitation but said thoughtfully that is what i thought after a pause he continued before i die there is something i want to confide to someone you have been a friend to me and you are the one i choose if you don't mind to listen to what i have to say i will hear it i said and if it is a message to anyone in whom you are interested i will engage to deliver it if possible no there is no one in whom i am interested he answered all who once knew me are dead or at all events are dead to me but i have a secret which i once thought would be of value to me and may be of value to you whom i constitute my heir all this seemed very queer to me and i half thought that the sick man might be wandering in mind he went on you must know george and this is my first secret that for five years i sailed under the black flag and was a pirate i looked astounded and well i might and he continued i see you look surprised 
but you are not more surprised than i was when i found myself enrolled as a member of a piratical crew i shipped on board the vulture supposing it to be an ordinary merchantman it was not till i got well out to sea that i learned the true character of the vessel then i was asked to sign as a member of the crew and knowing well that it would be dangerous to refuse i agreed after a while i got reconciled in a measure to my position i found it more profitable than the post of an ordinary seaman and yet not so much so as might be supposed while the booty taken was very large it was not all divided between the officers and men there was a considerable portion that was set aside as a fund to be divided some time between us when we disbanded for not one of the officers or men expected always to continue pirates some day we hoped to give up this outlaw's life and become respectable citizens living in ease and luxury on our share of the booty no one would be the wiser i was an englishman and i looked forward to returning to my native village in devonshire marrying and settling down there was a farm on which i had my eye and an old schoolmate a farmer's daughter whom i thought i could induce to marry me when i returned rich but where was this booty as you call it concealed i asked that is what i was coming to it was concealed on a small island east by north from the great island of madagascar which as you know lies southeast of the african continent there is a group of islands there none of us that is none of the ordinary sailors knew the name of the island if it had any but i have thought it over and consulted maps and to the best of my reckoning it is one of the agilagus islands in about fifty-seven degrees east longitude and a little more than ten degrees south latitude i estimate that it may be a few hundred miles from cape amber the northern extremity of madagascar did you often go there that is did the ship often touch there every few months when we had a good supply of money and articles to leave there i suppose there was quite a valuable collection of articles stored there i can't tell the value but there were chests full of gold and silver coins boxes of bank bills and merchandise of the rarest and most valuable description is it there now or has it been divided it is there yet how came you to leave the pirate ship i did not leave it till i was compelled to do so how is that were you discharged i should hardly think the officers would have dared to let you go considering your knowledge as to the character of the ship you are right there they would not have dared to do so but the almighty whose laws had been so flagrantly defied interfered there came on a terrible storm when we were cruising in the indian ocean it was so violent and unexpected 
that we were by no means prepared to meet it in the course of three hours the staunch ship vulture became a wreck and the crew who manned it were forced to take to the boats there were three of these the captain was in one the first mate in the second and the boatswain in the third the sea was so rough that the first and second boats were swamped before our eyes i was in the third when the storm abated it was still afloat i was one of the men on board for a week we drifted about suffering everything from hunger and thirst for we were able to carry but scanty stores of food and water one by one i saw my comrades die but having perhaps the best constitution unimpaired by excesses of any kind i survived the last of eight men i was very near death when i was picked up by an american ship of course i did not say a word as to the character of the vessel to which i belonged and those who rescued me were not too inquisitive so i reached new york without divulging any secrets but my great secret was that as the last survivor of the piratical crew i was the heir and sole possessor of the treasure stored on the island End of chapter 2